Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, Marcel here. Before today's episode, I want to tell you about a new show that we are loving at Witch Please Productions, the Culture Study Podcast with Anne Helen Peterson. If you don't already know it, I'm convinced that you're about to fall in love with a new podcast. And this is coming from me, Marcel, someone who famously doesn't really listen to podcasts. Culture Study is a podcast about exploring the nooks and crannies of the culture that surrounds us. Each week, Anne and a super smart co-host will answer listeners' questions about the stuff they find interesting and perplexing, like, why do clothes suck now? And... Is Paw Patrol copaganda, or is it not that deep? And, like, what's the deal with everyone I know getting a divorce? Just like Anne's tremendously popular newsletter of the same name, Culture Study Podcast is funny, insightful, and kind of weird. And it's guaranteed to help you become the most interesting person at parties. Listen to the Culture Study Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you get your shows. Who knows? Maybe you'll recognize some guests in the coming months. Hello and welcome to Witch Please, a fortnightly podcast about the Harry Potter world. I'm Hannah McGregor. And today, with Marcel out of town, teaching her baby hippogriff to hunt dinosaurs, I'm bringing you another mini-sode. In our last episode, you heard us speaking with Dr. Derek Mason's children's literature class at the University of Calgary. While we were there, we also had the great pleasure of giving a public lecture on feminist fandom, public pedagogy, and podcasting. As part of this lecture, Marcel prepared two short audio montages to give the audience a feel for the podcast. We present those mashups today, both because Marcel did an amazing job and they sound super cool, and because they might be a good way to get your friends and family hooked on Witch Please if they aren't already. So give them a listen, share widely, and meet me back here in about 15 minutes. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to Witch Please, a fortnightly podcast about the Harry Potter world. I'm Hannah McGregor. And I'm Marcel Cosman. And today we're talking about the third novel. And in this episode, we're bringing you the second half of our discussion. We are at last bringing you part one of our discussion of the sixth book. But before we can sneak into the kitchen and foment revolution, let's get ourselves organized in the sorting chat. A special thanks goes out to our listener, Matthew Domville, for renaming this segment for us. We do love a good pun here at Witch Please. 
So I want to talk about um, reproductive rights and reproductive health care. We have a couple of things to talk about in the segment. And the first and most important is obviously the revelation that um, the thing that puts out lights is still called a put-outer. Our second segment is Flourish and Blots, in which we bring a book historical and materialist perspective to our reading of Harry Potter. That is, I have the first three books in hardcover. Actually, I have all the books in hardcover. I'm very fancy. Like, I'm realizing right now that we didn't even start the segment off by being like, we're not actually going to talk about our own relationship with the books, which is what we normally do in the segment. We just, like, launched right into being like, here's what's going on with print in this book, and it is so exciting. Let me tell you about it. I'll just keep things on your level. So I really like I really like kitties. kitties. I really like wine. Yep. And uh, I really like resisting the version of reality offered to me by narrators occupying positions of power. <laughs> just like three of my favorite things. <laughs> All right, nerds, take out your close reading glasses because it's time for The Boy Who Narrated, in which we demonstrate just how little we trust anything a man tries to tell us by just (laughs) but i could use some advice from some quality teachers so let's head to potions class and talk about pedagogy at hogwarts they're nonverbal, so he he thinks the words in his head and is able to actualize those in magic I wonder if we can think about those in relation to the way in which ideology functions at the core of language. Lockhart is such a painful metaphor for the academic star system. Absolutely. This overblown, self-involved white man who has published seven books that are in fact all about the same thing, that are just rehashing the same thesis over and over again. Welcome to the Forbidden Forest. It's the section where I interrupt Hannah's intros <laughs> and tell you about the jokes that I was trying to make while she was introducing what we're talking about. Uh, otherwise known as the section in which we discuss bodies and what power does to them. Mm-hmm. That is a system that is dispossessing you because the government does not want you to be politically radical. It wants you to consent to the status quo because that is how it maintains power. The universities in Canada that have been built since the 60s actually have architectural features that have been designed to make it impossible for students to physically gather in space together. Because just like Umbridge, your universities did not want you. And for those of us who read between the lines and understand that she's been carried off by a group of sexual predators, that's disgusting like that's horrendous that they like make a joke about how scared she is wait i've finally figured it out i know what can make me happy again do you know what it is it's granger danger And it's like Hermione just knows this thing about Ginny that none of Ginny's brothers know because none of Ginny's brothers 
have been taking her seriously, whereas Hermione and Ginny obviously have this friendship where they tell each other stuff and take each other seriously as a couple of super rad young women. And I find that really exciting. Molly Weasley does a lot of the cooking and the preparing and the feeding and the and the caretaking, the emotional labor. She does all of the emotional labor. Um, and similarly, we have Sirius, who we know to be locked in that house because he can't go out. He can't therefore do anything, quote unquote, useful. And so Sirius ends up being required to do all of the types of labor that we just expect Molly Weasley to do and that she does. And she does it without being a f- about it. We just see this first moment where Hermione really starts to become a critical resistant reader and that's because she's becoming a politicized subject. Mm -hmm. You then take that anger and instead of turning it against the patriarchy which is what you should do Mm -hmm. you turn it against women who are thriving under that system. At last, dear listeners, it is time for final revisions. Final revisions. Final revisions. You must complete some final revisions. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question first because it's the most important question. If we have time, I'll add one more. Why does Harry see Thestrals for the first time in the beginning of this book? So what I want to know, Hannah McGregor, is how do I know that you were Hannah McGregor? Is transfiguration applied physics? And my question is, are wands... (laughs) I love when this whimsical Harry Potter podcast is full of troubling and disturbing (laughs) conversation. It's about to get real. (laughs) I love the idea of a parody character named Malcoy, who is just always around the corner instead of sneering is like, hey. He's always holding a fan half over his face and gazing at you over it. Mother says I shouldn't talk to you. You're a mudblood. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Malcoy. Hello and welcome to Witch Please, a fortnightly podcast about the Harry Potter world. I'm Hannah McGregor. I'm Marcel Cosman. And I'm Neil Barnholden. Good reading of punctuation, Neil. Today we're discussing the second film in the Harry Potter series. Today we have a very special guest joining us in the Witch Please studios. The winner of our sign-off contest, Neil... Back by popular demand, it's esteemed guy who actually has a film studies degree, Neil Barnholden. Today we're bringing you a tragically Neil-free movie episode. Today we're bringing you a delightfully Neil-filled movie episode about the sixth movie in the Harry Potter franchise, 2009's Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Hey Hannah, do you wanna do you wanna tell everybody about your voice so that they know why you sound so sexy today? You want me to explain? I've just decided it's time that we uh, change the tone of which please up a bit. <laughs> you know what's just about the only thing more exciting than authoritarian bureaucrats? 
Professor time with Marcel. I have flagged a handful of things in Linda Hutchins' second edition of her uh, Theory of Adaptation, published by Rutledge. I won't read the whole thing, obviously, but you should definitely read it and study it and uh, learn from it forever. If only one of us were a film scholar. What are those (laughs) cuts called? I have a degree in film. The camera closes in? It's an iris in. And then, is and it then an iris, iris out? out. Okay, yes. so oh he God. uses... Neil has a degree in film? Done, done, done. We literally just finished watching this movie 20 minutes ago. And my first impression of it was, like, somebody has taken all of the scenes from the book that are, I guess, the most popular or the most important, and just strung them together with no particular concern to creating any sort of artistic hole or narrative hole. Hey, Neil. Uh, I just realized we don't actually know what house you're in. Shh. Don't. Don't tell us. We'll find out in the sorting ceremony, the segment in which we discuss Michael Gambon's inexplicable acting choices and other issues of casting and performance. Like the fact that he hasn't read the books still is just so apparent. Could be anything. Most commonplace of objects. They could be tin cans, which is <laughs> precisely the opposite. Because Book Dumbledore is like, no, I've been thinking about this and researching this for years. Mm. Like ad libbed that scene? (laughs) I think so. I think he was just like, "Why don't Why don't know what we're gonna do?" And then, and then he, and then he like throws these two Horcruxes that they have, like ring, for example, or a book. Like he he has two Horcruxes because he's got the diary that was the Horcrux and is destroyed, and he's got the ring that was the Horcrux that he destroyed, which is why he's got his blackened hand. So he knows that there's more than one, but then he's like, "Could be seven. <laughs> Except that we know that there can't be seven because one of those pieces of Voldemort's soul has to be in his body. So, like, there's got just four more. It's worse than I thought. This is beyond anything I imagined. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think Staunton, as she represents Umbridge, the things that make her uncomfortable as a character aren't this sort of like toad like ugliness. It's actually the way that she fully embodies the kind of normativity. That is violent in this book. So, so you get David Tennant to act out the scene and then have Brendan Gleeson do an impression of David Tennant acting yes! out the scene. It feels to me distinctly like Michael Gambon is in his own movie. That is not the same movie that anybody else is in. It's quite clear that he is in fact yeah. an astoundingly evil wizard or that he aspires to be. I can make bad things happen to people who are mean to me. Make them hurt. There's nobody here to talk about camera angles, zooms, shot lengths, frames, but we can sure as hell talk about how bad those centaurs look. That mysterious new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher is looking a little scruffy. We should probably take him to Madame Malkin's props for all occasions and have a chat about the importance of costume sets and special effects. I, for one, would like to know how sexiness is produced as a filmic effect. Yeah. Okay, Neil, you're, you're fancy film, <laughs> filmy McFancy pants. Yes. What's the difference between music that's actually part of the scene and music that's 
Uh, it's diegetic sound is sound that comes from within the world of the film, and non-diegetic sound is one that comes from a source that's not within the world of the film. Yeah, so we've had lots of non-diegetic uses. This of is like, the only time this degree has been useful to me. <laughs> and I had this moment where I was like, whoever wrote that line, like maybe they hated the set designer, <laughs> like because that's really mean. Because she went to a lot of effort to find this beautiful fabric and to have like one of your main characters be like, "Oh, how ugly is this?" Am it's I like right? A werewolf. Who doesn't look like a werewolf? As I'm sorry. According to like the werewolves you've seen elsewhere, <laughs> in other I mean, movies, it doesn't look like a werewolf. It's it is like <laughs> how dare he be creative? <laughs> it is less convincing than Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf. The actors spent quite a lot of time underwater filming these scenes. There was an underwater water green room so that they could go under the water and then come back up and watch the scenes that had just been filmed so they could adjust their performance um apparently danny radcliffe spent so much time underwater that he qualified for like a diving certificate afterwards i mean all of which is just total film nerdery appropriate to film nerd weekly but then when i saw the actual scene i just thought they might as well <laughs> They might as well not have. Might as well have just uh, had some Muppets, filmed it behind a glass tank. The mer people, especially, looked like Harry was swimming around in front of a computer screensaver. The director was like, okay, so this movie is like a sexual coming-of-age movie, so let's just make every scene about dicks. <laughs> You'll provide an actual reading of the scene, would you? Are you going to put in hooting every time you mention owls? In every time, past every time, every oh, single yeah. time. Even yeah. when I mention owls, every right? single time, Neil. Wow. Yeah. Owls, yeah. wolves, well, cats, cats, yeah. the night bus, night bus. Owls, wolves, cat, night bus. A rich sound tapestry. You're welcome, a, Marcel. A cornucopia of sound, dear listeners. Thanks so much, dear listeners, for joining me for episode 12.5 of Which Please. Uh, P.S. If anybody can figure out the secrets to our esoteric numbering system, I will give you a shiny Twitter star. You can stream the rest of our episodes at ohwitchplease.ca or subscribe on any podcatcher you like. You should probably also go into iTunes, though, and leave us a rating or a review. Flora K. Pagan and Scriptorium Girl left us reviews last month, and... If we didn't already love them, we definitely would now. Special thanks, as always, to our erstwhile tech support, Trevor Chow Fraser, and also to everyone hanging out with us on Twitter. That's Yeg Nerdlist, Naomi K. Ray, V. Pilar, Neil Politan, It's Just Roar, Aaron Emily Ann, Andrew Bretz, Prof. K. Prince, Karinasaurus, Escaletli, Red or MC1R, Smaracuya, Tiana Picks, P.H. Derrett, Mom Streeter, University of Calgary Faculty of Arts, Try Sarah Top, Laddie Arnold, Jenny B, Ravishly, DeBeckel, Kat Manica, Dear Alina, Tracy B, Hater Pet, Emily Hoven, Terry Lee McGarry, C. Hastings 25, E. Jarrett, Matt Domville, To Politicize, F.K. Pagan, Helen F. Johnson, A. Oakenshield, Kirsten Ashley B, Lou Forestell, Gesticulates, Liz Shazi, Astrez, No Theory No Cry, Guts Magazine, Anne Fine, 
Books and Sundry, El Bourgon, Liba Jen, Scriptorium Girl, Falangiumo, oh, probably said that one wrong, Monica Jean YYC, Ms. Laura Lipstick, Plump Pucker, Matt L.A. Schneider, L.M. Schechter, T. Walker, Lala Toadstone, L. Sub, Sarah Martinez, Bahar O, Zine and Heard Yeg, Mara Dithering, Emily Gadabout, Khaleesi's and Amazon's podcast, My Book Jacket, I Can So Do Random, Sophie Biblio, Ifia S, Leilani GL, Alan Matley, Mariah Mitsuda, Whiteley Rose, Vivinya, Jess Nichols AD, Mayus Teapot, Patrick Cragg, Basil, Athena Genevieve, or Genevieve, let me know how you prefer it, Chelsea Chan, Kelsey Elsewhere, and Edmonton Potterwatch, who I totally got to hang out with today and who you'll hear on a future minisode. Our next episode will for sure actually start talking about the last book. But until then, later witches. (laughs) 